0: Houseology Voices with myself, Funk Butcher. It's a series of short conversations with contributors of rave culture. This is episode one, so go easy on me. I'm here, joined for the first episode in conversation with Shiloh. Hello. And um, I think it's um, always a good place to start with any story, which is practically the beginning. So... Who is Shiloh?
1: Um, I am a DJ from London. Um, I've been DJing for about five years, so you could say that I'm a bit of a late bloomer.
0: Okay. Late in late in what sense? What, what what do you perceive to be a adequate starting point?
1: I don't know what that is, but a lot of the people that have been around me have been doing it for a lot longer than I have.
0: Old heads. <laughs> They've they, they got greys in their hair. <laughs> you said that, not <laughs> me. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of this, so there's going to be a lot of me putting words in your mouth, so <laughs> yeah, get used to it. <laughs> so, um, you said you're a late bloomer, mm-hmm. um, and you've currently got a show on House FM. Yes. How long uh, has that been going on for? Um,
1: oh, God, well, I've been on House FM for about five years now I started with major movements um, which was Joel S and DJ Panther rest in peace then I am now doing a show uh, with my friend Simeon Clark we're twins in session but also I do something called virtuoso takeover which is um, I guess you could say showcasing female DJs or producers
0: so you're pretty busy.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: And on top of that, you're doing gigs? Yeah. Okay, cool. How are you finding it? Are you enjoying it?
1: I do. I love being behind the decks. I could spend hours there.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a question I, I I like to kind of... I like to, like I've been doing this, for this is the first episode. But <laughs> let's say I'm going to be leading with a lot is, are you enjoying this? Because I feel like a lot of the reasons people enter into music is... For the the gratification they get from it. It's, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be enjoyable. Hell yeah. So now that you're actually involved, because that's one thing, you know when you get behind the scenes and you see the way something is made? Yeah. Do you, some people lose the passion. They lose the enjoyment when they see it from that perspective. Mm,
1: not for me. I, like I said, I enjoy what I do. I could spend hours behind the decks and I get satisfaction from seeing people enjoying the stuff I play as much as I do. Um, I don't involve myself in politics or anything like that. I just want to play. So, yeah, it can be a hard slog, especially when I've helped out on events um, with people. But I still love it.
0: And what is it you... (coughs) I mean I know you play house but what is it you play because obviously houseology is is the what I like to call the the school of the wider world of house it's all these other it's all these different disciplines it's it's tech it's deep tech it's deep house it's afro it's it's minimal it's tribal it's it's UK funky it's funky house it's it's all these things under one umbrella. It's, hmm. it's, it's Garage House. It's all these things. So when you say you enjoy playing, what is it you are playing?
1: I play what I like. Um, generally, I tend to... I probably tend to shop more in the kind of tech house section. But if I'm playing somewhere and I've got a techno tune that I think will fit within my set, I'm going to play it. L- likewise it could be a soulful track it could it's what i'm feeling at the time
0: okay so
1: but generally yeah probably in the take house
0: section okay yeah so you consider yourself a tastemaker of sorts cuz you're you're curating like your tastes your personal tastes through your your shopping list
1: um, i've never really thought about it like that okay really
0: that's that's what we are, I guess. I guess yeah. I guess we're tastemakers.
1: Yeah, because a lot of times I feel some certain people don't know what they want to hear until they hear it. Okay. I've been places where somebody says, "Oh, I don't like tech house," and then a tech house tune comes on, and they're in the middle of the dance floor.
0: And you've converted them.
1: Not just me, but whoever happens to be there, or yeah. So yeah. <coughs>
0: So <coughs> you started DJing five years ago. Mm-hmm. Can you remember like, what was going through your head five years ago to actually make you feel like this is the next step for Shiloh to kind of embark on? Or, the, or before Shiloh was even formed? It, it didn't have a name yet, this entity that was going to start DJing. So what made you venture into that? Was there something going on personally? Was you dissatisfied and in some aspect of your life, and you needed some sort of like.
1: no. It you know it was actually other people. I've always liked house music. None of my friends did, and I started off with kind of like electro house and stuff like that. I've always liked house music, and it was I used to give people music, and I remember my brother saying to me one time, "Why don't you just become a DJ?" And I'd never actually thought about it. He um had a controller um, and he showed me kind of the basics. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting my own one and realised that I actually enjoyed doing it. So, that was that. And originally, I was going to be called (laughs) Lady V. Okay. But somebody said to me, "Uh, I've listened to what you play. Your name doesn't match what what it is that you play. So I had to go back to the drawing board and Shiloh was the one name that kept on coming back to me and it's the village that my grandfather was from in South
0: Africa. Amazing, so you've got South African roots mm-hmm. and a lot of people would obviously assume like there's some stereotypical bias that if you're from South Africa, you have to be playing Afro-House. But you, you generally don't
1: mm. take
0: to that sound. No. Okay.
1: Um, and it always, it always surprises people. Why? Why don't you like it? That's not Mm. what I started listening to. I've always been drawn to heavier, darker sounds. I don't really go to those kind of events to say that I'm... Yeah, it's just not something that resonates with me. Tech house, a bit of techno and even that. The techno thing has come later, and that's from me being around um, Jason H in the Clairvoyance. Okay, I never thought I liked it until I started listening to the stuff that he played, and it made me feel something. Afro house, if I hear it, yeah, I, I can, I can dance to it and I could rave to it for a certain period of time, but it's mm-hmm. not somebody that, somewhere that I would choose to go.
0: Okay. So, was you born here or born in South Africa?
1: No, I wasn't actually I was born in Nigeria. Really? Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so, so you're a British, no, Nigerian-born South African with a Cockney accent. <laughs> okay, okay. This is, this is this is really interesting for the first episode. This is this is quite, quite um, quite fruitful. Um. <clears throat> So, um, do you party? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is partying, um, dare I say it, it's like, is like—is it like reconnaissance? Is that how you're getting your information on the movements in the scene? Who's playing what? Um,
1: it's a bit of both. I go to, because I enjoy the music, but yeah, it's also an education for me. Uh, I like stuff like, And things like that, but then I also get great pleasure from being dragged out to some random after-hours party by my friends, not knowing who any of the DJs are, but thoroughly enjoying the music that they're playing. So tell me about these. these Aren't like big names, or or, well, as far as I know, they're not. Mm -hmm.
0: So tell me about these these kind of um, clandestine parties that you're attending in the in the wee hours of the night.
1: (laughs) They're just random ones. It's never, ever planned. Uh, and I always, I'm always the last one to know. One of my friends is like, all right, come on, we're going to this place. So I never actually know where I'm going until I get there. Um, what can I say about them? The music is just... It's different. I've, I think at places like that, people are a lot freer to... Or feel, I think, maybe a lot freer to play what they want it, they don't have to play the bangers whatever they are okay yeah
0: and that's an important thing for you you'd say to have a bit more freedom of expression when you're djing
1: yeah but like i said i play what i want to play yeah there are tunes that are popular and i like them so i play them but equally if i don't like something i don't i don't really care how popular it is if i don't like it i'm not going to play it
0: okay it's quite a stubborn trait there. What, what star sign are you? Cancer. Okay. Water sign. Interesting. Okay, so...
1: I'm emotional. If, like, if I don't like something, it shows on my face. Yeah. So for me, it, a lot of people already think I don't enjoy myself when I play because I'm quite serious, but trust me, I am. But if I don't like something, you're going to see it on my face, so there's just no point.
0: Okay. So in terms of parties and brands, is there what kind of parties and brands are actually happening right now in london that have kind of caught your attention and caught your eye and you've had a really good time at?
1: What things i mean i've done few i did oh god Elro is always well the few that i've been to that's been a good party i've yet to go to abode um i don't mind subconscious parties mm-hmm. uh I just kind of go wherever the wind takes me. So okay. I don't necessarily go because it's a specific brand. I'll go because there are DJs or producers on the lineup that I want to see.
0: Can we talk about Elro for a second? Because mm-hmm. that seems to be like the front runner of events at the moment. It's, it seems to have the full 360 of music, atmosphere. Um, experience yeah
1: there's nobody right now that i know of i could be wrong because i'm no raving expert but in terms of production value there isn't anybody Mm -hmm. that's doing what elro is doing when you go to that rave even if you've been to the ones outdoors like they've got big mechanical things driving through the middle of um the fields like just yeah in terms of production value their their staff dress up they pick a theme everything is themed and and they do these all around
0: the world amazing so five years on Mm -hmm. you've been grafting working very hard Mm -hmm. i may add (laughs) Um, Even if you don't want to say so, you'll I'll 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 toot your horn. You've been working very hard. I'm trying, I'm trying. In that time, though, you obviously would have had to face some obstacles. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to talk about what they may have been?
1: Obstacles, I'd say, some of them was me, actually. Okay. When I first started... I was really, really nervous. Nervous? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Bad, like to the point where it would almost cripple me and I'm working myself up before I go to play and it's fine. But in my mind, I'm worried about, because this time I'm using a controller, so I'm worried about my my computer um, freezing on me. Okay, technical issues, Yeah, yeah. And I used to really, really stress myself out. And then it was playing alongside people that had more experience than me. So a lot of it was down, yeah, down to me, I think.
0: Do you remember your first booking? I do, actually. Where was it?
1: It was at Nomad. It was for uh, Meraki, and I got that booking because of Glenn GGB.
0: Shout out to Glenn GGB. Butcher,
1: yes. Thank okay. you very much. Another fellow butcher. Yep, I've got to big up uh, Christy and Lisa as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And oh, who else? Have and that's when I first met Freight Train. Okay. Um, God. And um, scopes as well, and I have to big him up because he allowed me to have some of his set. So thank you very much.
0: Okay. So your first booking at Nomad. Yep. Obviously, um, what's what's the Eminem track? We said uh, we say palms are sweaty, Uh, (sighs) like like that, like eight mile. It's it's it's, the nerves are setting (sighs) in. Yeah. (laughs) Vomit on his shirt already. (laughs) Mom's spaghetti. Yeah, it's it's kind of them ones. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I was nervous. Yeah, how did it go?
1: It went well, Um, Well, and thankfully, I'm still here. yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. Um, I had my brother and a few friends there, so that kind of for moral support. Yeah, that helped. Okay. Um, but there's been a couple of times when I've wanted to give up. I think one one time I played at 65, and I was still on the controller, and my stuff shut down. Okay. Completely, and luckily there was someone in the DJ booth that I knew, and I had to get him to put on a CD yeah my face was burning my hands were sweating i was sweating it was awful but okay. i thought you know what i got through that i can get through anything now
0: how do you see the scene i hate that word the scene it's, it's such a vague vague description of the the world that we work in but mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like a buzzword so i'll just run with it so the scene that we operate in mm-hmm. um What's wrong with it? What's right with
1: it? I don't, dare I say, it, I don't pay that much attention to it in a sense that I kind of do my own thing. Um, what's wrong with it? I would, would I like, I'd like to see more women involved a bit higher up. More women on festival bookings, yeah. Um, but I yeah, I don't, I don't involve myself in things like that. Like I, I live in, dare I say, it, in my own orbit, so I don't get involved in other people's politics. But seeing the same people on the same lineups all the time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think, is a problem. Yeah, there is so much talent out here, give people a chance. You were once those people and especially if you're a promoter, I do understand obviously that as a promoter you got bills to pay so you need your headliners and it's always good to have a good team of residents but start bringing in new talent whether that's a male or a female and if you know that there is a female that is good, bring her through
0: There's definitely... Um, <clears throat> a lack of bravery in that area to kind of take a risk and like you said I do understand the risks and the pressures involved from a, pro- from a promoting perspective because I run events and I've done the events and I've done the label thing mm. still doing the label thing um, managing the expectations of artists what do you feel like the expectations are for DJs nowadays I mean you seem you strike me as someone that is actually in love with the music and that's quite a rarity in the scene mm. as it were because mm. a lot of people they they do look at big artists um, big DJs, big personalities like Fisher, like Jamie Jones, like Lee Foss you name it and they aspire to that level of stardom more than the actual process of building a relationship with the music. (sighs) Bit of a long-winded one, yeah, but do you feel like there's enough people out there that actually are doing it for the love of house?
1: That's a difficult one because it seems there are a lot of DJs. As a DJ now, you have to be everything. You've got to be your own A&R. You've got to be... (laughs) You have to be savvy on social media. You have to be a producer. It's not just as simple as just being a DJ. And if you want to get to those heights, those people haven't just got there overnight. They've put in years and years of graft. Some of them might have been doing it 20 years before they even got a break. So don't watch other people. You've got your own journey work hard, do what you need to, to get up there. But if you spend your time watching what other people are doing, you're not going to enjoy it anymore.
0: Mm. I guess that's a a conversation we'll probably have to have a, a later time about how, how people are coping with the whole technology aspect and having to be engaging 24-7. It with can be
1: tiring. I... I'm not on my social media as much as some people. Maybe I need to be on there a bit more, but I've also got stuff to do. Um, because I have other things, like DJing isn't just my main source of income or my main thing that I do. I've got a life and I've got other things. that I can't be switched on like that all the time. And I can understand why people become depressed from being on social media and you've got nowadays people aspire to be so much and some of this stuff is unattainable but like I said, don't watch other people do what you need to do and you'll get there
0: and going forward mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. you're here five years on mm-hmm. is there a another five planned like this, or is the next five gonna involve you kind of um, venturing into different skill arenas like producing, maybe events?
1: Yeah, I would like to do both. But because I know how anal I am, especially with the production stuff, I don't wanna do it just because I feel like I have to do it to get somewhere. I want to do it because it's a new skill that I, wanna, I want to learn for myself and because I like music.
0: I think that's the main thing. I feel you have to keep that love, keep that enjoyment running parallel with what you're doing. Otherwise, it will feel like work.
1: The minute I stop enjoying it, that's when I stop doing it. I don't want it to become a chore, but then I suppose maybe the bigger you get, the more of a chore it becomes because it's not just about you anymore. The tour schedules, the things that you have to do for other people, the NSPR, the long haul flights, the loneliness, staying in hotels, all, all of that, the drink, the drugs. Having to constantly be switched on all the time. It stops becoming fun after
0: that. More money, more problems. So they say. So how are you selecting... What's your process? I mean, you've got a booking. um, You're getting ready for the night out. What what are you using? You're on USB? Yes. Okay. Yes, I
1: have a... At the moment, I think I've got a 500 gig hard drive and then I've got about... 64
0: gig Okay, and um, So when did you come off the controller?
1: Oh god, I can't even remember when it was But it was under duress <laughs> I can assure you of that uh, Joel, who is one of the founding members of uh major movements One day, I think after we'd been at radio he dropped me home and he's like, right, I'm taking the controller I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, no, nope. I'm taking the controller I've given you a pair of CDJ-1000s in your house, you need to learn to use them. So we had a long conversation, then I snuck out the car, took the controller with me upstairs and started practising on them. Had to come into the studio and he's like, you're not allowed to bring your controller to the studio. Okay. So, he, yeah, he made me basically do a lot of my practice live on air. Yeah. And for that, I am grateful to him for it. So um, what do you
0: think it was about the controller that gave you a sense of confidence that you you were wary about stepping onto the the 1000s the Um, cdj 1000s
1: i think because with the controller you can see like the waveform so you know that if these two points match up it's kind of gonna sound all right but that that's just half of it because that's fine but i could still pick two songs they don't really go together, and it doesn't matter whether I'm using the controller or not. But yeah, yeah it was a bit of a security blanket.
0: Okay, that's fascinating because I mean, I've I've seen controllers in person over the years, but I've never actually kind of sat down and, and used one ever in a set because I guess <clears throat> I've never needed to. Um, they just don't feel because controllers are normally quite thin, and they don't feel as like as um, as sturdy as a set of decks so they can't they can't take <laughs> the battering that you would <laughs> not to say that i go around battering decks well, but they're not as um i mean resilient as as the, as yeah, the, as the, pioneer, although the actual cdj um
1: they're changing units. now if you look at the new set of sort of like pioneer and then on controllers yeah they're A lot sturdier than the one that I started on. Um, Yeah. But I'm glad I made the switch to, And it's also for me when I started. So I never had access to turntables. Yeah. I've started, like I said, five years ago. So I didn't know anybody that was on a belt drive. I didn't know anybody that even had CDs prior to me starting this process. So that's why I on, and that's where my security came from. The Switch, now that I've done it, I still have one and I can still use them, but I definitely prefer being on CD days.
0: And for obviously there's people out there who don't DJ, who um, kind of have a very surface level knowledge of the world of DJing, mm. what do you think it is about progressing into the world of cdjs no controller no sync button what do you think it is about that that gives that dj another level of esteem because it's weird i've I've, I've had this conversation with people who just rave and they're just like we only care about the music so they're actively they don't it's more like an, an insider they thing don't care yeah. it's
1: djs that care whether you learnt to play on vinyl whether you learnt whether you use a controller, whether you um, use CDJs. There was a thing when, and that's another thing actually, that led to a lot of my anxiety. When I started, there was this thing that kept on going around, oh, you're not a real DJ if you don't know how to use vinyl. Okay. Well, really, I thought being a DJ was, yeah, okay, you've got the equipment and it's good to know how to use it, but I thought being a DJ was about your tune selection rather than what equipment you use. So Mm. isn't that argument a little bit dead? Mm -hmm. For me, I would like to learn how to use one because, again, it's another skill set. And there is, like, I'm not knocking anybody that knows how to use one. I would love to be able to use it, and that's a completely different skill set. But to look down on somebody because of the equipment they use rather than actually listening to what it is that they're playing. It's a bit silly to me.
0: Mm. So, five years ago, mm-hmm. you've come into the um, the industry, into the game of, of DJing. Did you ever have a moment where you thought to yourself, <clears throat> it's a bit, dare I say it, too late to pick up a new hobby? Because I feel like that's, that's, that's the thing that's stopping a lot of people. If anything, I want people to participate in the world of DJing um, more so because I feel like competition is great. But I a never, lot of people kind of like have their own sort of angst as to what age they should be.
1: I never ever thought about it. I didn't become a DJ for anybody else other than me. So if you think that I'm too old or I've come into it too late, that's on you. I don't care. I'm just here to do what I love doing. If you think I'm too old, that's your business.
0: Love it. Simple as that.
1: (laughs) It is. is, That thought has no bearing on whether or not I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. It's irrelevant to
0: me. Brilliant. So, if <laughs> we want to follow more about you and yourself, um, where are your links on your socials?
1: Um, I am at Shiloh Music LDN on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.
0: When you are online. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when I am, yeah. Shiloh, thank you for talking to us on How Solid Your Voice is. Thank you very we'll much. See you soon. <laughs> see you soon. Bye.